Nation, Russell. Mr. Unlimited. Who, who's your role model, Russell? Unlimited. Who's your go-to person for advice, Russell? They think Pete Carroll, they think this person, think that person. Love you, Pete, but it's Mr. Unlimited. I'm uncomfortable right now. Like, I'm actually uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> this clip of Russell Wilson calling himself Mr. Unlimited. It's, what is going on? What does that mean, and why is he doing this? Your guess is as good as mine, because I have no idea. I mean, I watched the video, and I kind of just instantly turned it off, because, like, the amount of corniness that was coming from him was astronomical that that can't be sierra in the background asking him those questions <laughs> i think it is <laughs> oh my god i think it is wow i i need future to drop a unlimited song i mean <laughs> we all know future and how petty he is we can expect a uh, mr unlimited single coming out uh this friday I'll, so. I'll bump that all, all year. <laughs> yeah, Russell Wilson is funny for that. I don't have any idea what he was talking about with that. I mean, that's his alter ego, though. So Yeah, that, that's the best alter ego since Mr. Big Chest. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 80 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, as always, joined by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we've got two main topics to tackle. First, FanDuel released their prices for the week one slate of NFL games. So we'll give our initial reactions and observations, sort of a first glance thing as to the prices we're seeing for week one of the NFL on FanDuel. And secondly, we're going to talk about DraftKings and the new best ball product they launched, including a best ball millionaire maker. Joey and I just wrapped up drafting our first entries into that. So we'll give you a review of you know, DK's best ball product and how it compares to some of the other best ball tournaments that are available on the market, a market which I will say is getting extremely saturated more and more so by the day. But before we get into any of that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast? As always, you can support the DFS those by subscribing or following us on every major podcast platform, which includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Podcast Addict. And then you can leave a rating or a review if you would like. And then you can also follow us on social media on Twitter at the DFS Dose and Instagram at the DFS Dose. And then you can go ahead and check out our website, which is the DFSDose.com. I know I mentioned it last podcast, but we have some shirts available. If you would like to purchase one, and then we also have some articles up, and then you know we're getting closer to football season every single day now, and we're gonna have content in regards to football. So yeah, just go ahead, check out the website, and then follow us on our socials and you know, leave a leave a rating on the on the podcast if you like it and if, if we uh help you help you guys win some some cash. So and judging by what just happened in our DraftKings uh basketball oh draft, some people really need to start listening to these episodes because some egregious stuff went down. But we'll get into that at the end 
of the show. Let's start off right away with uh, the FanDuel Week 1 pricing for NFL. First of all, I will say there are a lot of high-powered offenses that are not on this slate. The Chiefs, Texans, Cowboys, Rams, Steelers, Giants are all not on this slate. So I think it's kind of a diminished main slate right off the bat, but what was the first thing that stood out to you when you looked at these prices. I imagine it's going to be the first thing that stood out to me as well. Yeah, I mean, we have some clear-cut RB1s price, you know, just egregiously on FanDuel. Uh, so Miles Sanders is 6800 and Kenyon Drake is 6600 That is the 13th and 14th highest price running backs on FanDuel, uh, respectively. And, you know, you have guys like Josh Jacobs who are priced above them, you know, like $1,200 more. Even like, you know, Eckler, Nick Chubb, even Mark Ingram and Todd Gurley are priced above Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake on FanDuel. So I think the pricing on those two guys just stood out to me immediately when when looking at uh, each position. It's not correlated to ADP. Clearly, yeah, because no. Mark, Mark Ingram, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette, like they should not be going ahead or priced ahead of Miles Sanders or Kenyon Drake, two players who are pretty much consensus. You know, if they're not a first round pick, they're going right at that two, three turn in drafts. So I, I guess I don't know why they would place them that low on the list for FanDuel pricing. I know that it's not uh, full point PPR like DraftKings, it's half point PPR. So maybe they're looking at them and putting them, you know, lower than guys like Chris Carson and Josh Jacobs, who I, I just don't get it, frankly. It seems like terrible pricing, and I feel like they're gonna just carry massive ownership because they're they're so underpriced. Yeah, they're definitely going to be the highest owned running backs, obviously, besides you know Christian McCaffrey on this on the FanDuel slate specifically, and then some other guys that I think you know, have really good prices on them. Odell Beckham is only 6,900, which is really cheap for him going up against the Ravens. I mean, tough matchup, but 6,900 for him is, you know, really low. And then Calvin Ridley, 6,600. And then even like guys like Terry McLaurin, Stephon Diggs, DJ Chark, who are, who are all in the mid 6,000s on FanDuel. It's just a loaded mid range uh, at wide receiver on FanDuel. So those prices also stick out to me as well. Yeah, that was the same thing I had written down from 6,900 to 6,500. You've got Odell, Lockett, Adam Thielen, Devontae Parker, Calvin Ridley, Steph Diggs, DJ Chark, and Terry McLaurin. Like, I don't really see any reason to pay outside of that tier of mm-hmm. wide receivers and pricing because there's just so much upside there. And, and unless you're just paying up to be different, maybe you want to pay up for like uh, Devontae Adams yeah. or, or Thomas or something, then I could see it. But I mean, there's just so much value. It's absolutely loaded in that mid range of wide receivers. Yeah, you could easily, you know, pick your three wide receivers from, you know, the four guys that you listed. Like, I would pick McLaurin, DJ Chark, and Calvin Ridley. They're all, you know, in the mid 6,000, 65, and 6,600. Uh, for each three of them and that would you know fulfill your three wide receiver spots on FanDuel and that's probably like 30 plus targets total between each guys um two number one options in Chark and McLaurin and then Kelvin Ridley's obviously in a great passing offense so you could just live in the mid-range on FanDuel and have elite you know production from those guys so I think that's what sticks out 
uh, immediately when going through these prices. Other yeah. than that, uh, I'm not seeing, you know, too much. I mean, there, there's some mispriced guys. Like, for example, Hayden Hurst is too cheap. But obviously, they're not going to take into account him going, you know, to the Falcons and Hooper leaving and, you know, 100, 100 plus targets opening up. So I, I don't want to, you know, there's no reason to really get into in-depth, like, breaking down this slate. I mean, just yeah. off the top, it looks like, you know, Falcons-Seahawks is going to be a game to target. The Packers-Minnesota game, Saints-Bucks will probably be one of the highest totals on the week. But we'll get into all of that a little bit closer to the start of the season yeah. as we do a full breakdown for this slate. I mean, is there really... I don't really have anything else that I need to talk about as far as this goes. The only thing I'll say is that I kind of wish they just wouldn't do this, like release it this early especially when players are still opting out like it's just going to drive so much ownership to the obvious plays i get it they want to start driving hype up ahead of time but i just wish that they would wait like do it two weeks ahead of time you know but not before players have even started putting on pads and while players are still opting out like it just seems it's too early for sure it's definitely way too early and with the season like actually having like a later start the season doesn't start until september 10th so, you know, it's over a month, you know, before games actually get played, even if, you know, if there's even an NFL season this year. So it's it's way too early. Hopefully DraftKings doesn't do the same, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And that's a good segue to get into DraftKings. And I'll be honest, Joey, after that best ball draft that we were just in, I am not confident that DraftKings is going to be making very many great decisions because, uh, yikes. <laughs> Oh, what a draft. That was a draft for the ages. Honestly, yeah. I wish the listeners were in that draft <laughs> or or in the voice chat of you and I. It's getting heated. <laughs> Bro. All right, we just got to get into it. Holy. Yeah. All right. So before we get into the draft itself, I'll talk about the two big tournaments that DraftKings posted. So they posted two, uh, a $3 and a $20. The $3 is a field of 216,000 with a 20 entry max. I like the 20 entry max right off the bat. It's 50K to first. The total prize pool is about half a million. Uh, and then they've got the big one, the $20, which is a milli maker, 1 million to first. Uh, the field is a little bit smaller, 172,800 entries. This one is 150 max, so you know, we're going to get a lot of max entrances from, you know, the big major players uh on DK, but both leagues have the same overall format, weeks 1 through 13, it's a regular season. You're playing against the league that you drafted with, it's standard best ball, you're not really, you know, making lineups, not trading. It's all just most points. So your objective initially is going to be to outscore everybody that you drafted with in weeks 1 through 13 and then the playoffs start for weeks 14 15 and 16 in which case uh, you'll be put into a pool with 10 other league winners in week 14 and one person advances out of that uh, rinse and repeat for week 15 and then the final week for the three dollar you're going to be playing against 125 other teams for the final round for the millie maker you're going to be playing against 100 other players um so how do you feel about this format in general yeah i mean i, th I think it's a standard you know best ball format obviously one million dollars to first is going to attract a lot of you know new users and i think we saw that in our draft but yeah i don't mind the format and i especially like the bonuses how they incorporated that from 
DFS into their best ball contests. So, you know, it can also give you more of an edge if you are stacking and you're targeting those players that can get, you know, the 100 yards receiving or the 100 yards rushing or the 300 yard passing bonus. So I think there's an edge in that. Well, no, I like the format, but I think we have some issues with the app itself and the UI, the the interface of yeah of, of the app. Uh, I mean, I've got some major issues with it. First of all, I can't understand the reasoning whatsoever that DraftKings has made this app only. And what that means is that you can't physically go on the DraftKings website on your desktop and draft a team. I don't understand that at all. Like you look at a company like Drafters, who I do videos for on YouTube and have like sort of a loose relationship with them. They are a much smaller entity than DraftKings. They don't have nearly the capital billions, that DraftKings has. B, billions DraftKings is of a dollars. billion dollar company. Absolutely. And they can't put together a way for you to draft on your desktop. You have to go on this janky ass best ball <laughs> app. Like, and the thing that is really like shocking to me about it is that DraftKings is usually like the best UI. Like that's one of the reasons that I've consistently played on DraftKings over FanDuel when it comes to DFS, because the UI is so much better. Like it's so much smoother and like easier to get into uh, compared to FanDuel when it comes to like NFL DFS. But this is egregious. Drafters, a much smaller company, has a much smoother AI. Yeah, um, for sure. Underdog Fantasy, who is a new up-and-comer, yeah, they've got a ton of backing. Like, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen the picture circulating the web of Underdog, who is, like, a new startup. But they're backed by, like, Mark Cuban, Adam Schefter, a bunch of guys from the fantasy community, Peter Jennings, Al Zeidenfeld, guys like that. And their UI is very smooth. It's reminiscent of Draft. Draft who FanDuel acquired uh, years ago, and FanDuel still hasn't put out their NFL best ball product for some reason, completely fumbled the bag, let three other companies come out and really take what they should have had a head start on. Um, but that's neither here nor there. When it comes to DraftKings, I mean, this UI is embarrassing in my opinion. I timed out twice, right? Like my app stopped working. I was on the clock trying to select Denzel Mims and I get drafted Derek Carr as my QB3. <laughs> I was perfectly set up to get a late round stack with, with Haskins to Terry McLaurin on my squad. Nope. Now I got Derek Carr on my on my roster because the app timed out. And it happened twice. Luckily, the first time I got drafted Keenan Allen in like the sixth round, which was legit. And I was fine with that. But I mean, I have done over 120 drafts on drafters this offseason. I haven't timed out once on their app or on their desktop. And then I time out in the first live draft I've done on DraftKings. Very disappointing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was definitely a funny moment uh, when that happened. And, you know, I kind of feel bad for you on that part. But you also do have an Android. So also kind of don't feel bad for you. But in my opinion, it is not great because of the other products. Like you said, drafters uh, interface is so much smoother. Even on mobile, it's so much smoother. Like they have the uh draft like the draft history right on the same screen as the players so you could see who's going like on DraftKings you have to go to a separate tab which is kind of annoying you know it's not as smooth how they have everything in like four different tabs whereas drafters is all on one page uh so yeah it's definitely not you know optimal and like you uh 
ranted about just them not being on desktop is stupid i mean if you really consider yourself like a high-end or like a professional fantasy player you're gonna be on desktop like you want you know the multiple screens open especially when you're drafting and you know having your rankings up and some other notes you might have like you want those multiple tabs and it's just not as accessible on your phone uh, doing all the you know stuff fantasy related DFS related so that that was their first mistake I mean I'm assuming that they'll have it ready within the next couple of weeks if I had to guess but who knows I'll be honest what it seems like to me is that they rushed this product I think they rushed the product because underdog has been gaining steam drafters has already established themselves and I bet FanDuel is coming out with their best ball product soon I, I, that's what I would imagine. And I bet DraftKings knows that, you know, I mean, these corporations, they all know what each other's doing before they do it. So I bet DraftKings tried to get a leg up on FanDuel, release their product a couple weeks early. And as a result, it's a crappy product. That's just how I feel about it. I love DraftKings. DraftKings is my go-to. It's where I play 90% of my NFL DFS action during the season. And this is just a garbage best ball product. I'm sorry. I mean, I like the tournaments themselves. Don't get me wrong. And if it's a slow draft, then I can kind of deal with it. But with these fast drafts in the 30 seconds and not being able to log on on a desktop, it's just not good. It's not a good product. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, DraftKings has to, you know, get their shit together and and improve this product if they want it to, to succeed. I mean, I think it'll probably succeed either way because they have a large amount of users compared to a, a company like drafters or underdog at this point but yeah the the interface is terrible and just being app only is not optimal yeah uh, do better DraftKings. do better we can talk about our teams though um yeah well, let's <sighs> talk about our teams before we get out of here i mean do you want to kick it off or, or i could start here yeah i mean i'll kick it off i think my team is actually pretty good. It would have been better if, you know, actually, I'm going to give a shout out real quick. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give a shout out. MF50FK. If you listen to us, you know, you probably don't because you obviously don't know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> and if you listen to us, you would know what you're doing. And I'm definitely going to find you on Twitter and tag you in this. So don't be surprised when you get a tweet from Joey Carey and DFS on Twitter. But he took Matt Ryan in the sixth round, okay? Matt Ryan in the sixth round with no Julio, no Calvin Ridley. You know who drafted those two players? Me. I wanted to target a a high-powered passing attack where my receivers and quarterback would be in play to get the bonuses each and every week. So I drafted Julio and Calvin Ridley back to back and I was, you know, gonna scoop up Matt Ryan. But thanks to MF50FK, I don't know what kind of username that is. Yeah, he took ended up taking Matt Ryan in the 6th round, about 20 picks above ADP. I think he was like the 5th quarterback off the board. Um he went above Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz and Josh Allen. MM50 Ended up taking Carson Wentz in the seventh round. Which correlated well with his earlier pick of Zach Ertz, right? Oh, no. No. <laughs> he took George Kittle. I mean, he ended up correlating it with Boston Scott. I, I guess that makes up for it. Solid. 
you know, I, I I'm not gonna say what I want to say about this guy. All I all I all I'm going to say is that he needs to go back and listen to like episode 67 of the DFS dose, where or 68 or one one of the previous episodes or 76 or whatever, and listen to us break down on how to play best ball because this individual does not know how to play best ball and he just blew twenty dollars so i kind of feel bad for him and my team ended up still being good you know i stacked the rams i got jared goff cup woods ended up stacking the giants with daniel jones sterling shepherd and uh godius and then i drafted clyde edwards hilaire at pick seven so my team ended up actually you know coming out really good and i think it's one of the best teams in this specific league and it has a lot of potential yeah but shout out to that douchebag that that snake matt ryan from me i know i've been talking for a couple minutes but he pissed me off and i was literally like real life mad because this guy drafted matt ryan and just completely screwed over my my falcons and ram stack so shout out to you mm mm 50 fk a year at least you were able to secure that double ram stack there's a lot of upside there and you did get the uh darnold to mim stack which is one of my favorites to target late i mean you got them with what like your had to be like the 17th round turn or something yeah 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 it was those two picks yep i mean that's a phenomenal high upside stack for like that late in the draft yeah (laughs) god got mims because ben got auto time he got timed yeah, out <laughs> timed out on Derek Carr. i'm literally looking at the thing like on my app i can see the timer going down but i can't select the player so i'm like f- just trying to stick denzel mims into my queue so he's my auto draft i thought i got it off and then joey's like yeah you just got Derek Carr. i was pissed <laughs> oh my god like okay but you know in turn so first of all your team i actually like your team a lot i mean that's crazy that they sniped you because you were talking right up until the point where Matt Ryan got taken right in front of you that you were about to reach on him like 15, 20 picks ahead of ADP. And like, that's perfectly fine when you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley in a GPP like this, like that's Mm -hmm. fine. ADP shouldn't impact you doing that. So I thought that was going to be great. And I like the, the, the Rams double stack, but yeah, that's crazy that you got just snaked and he he didn't straight up any type of correlation to really justify that taking Matt Ryan ahead of Russell Wilson and Josh Allen is kind of nuts to me on its own unless of course you have Julio and Ridley which he did not so yeah and that guy specifically did not stack any of his three quarterbacks he ended up with Breeze Matt Ryan and uh Carson Wentz uh and he did not stack any of their wide receivers with him so you know they say there's no edge in uh dfs or best ball yeah that's a lie that that's one of 12 people in that league that has no shot at winning this thing in terms of my team i love my team i i was thinking it was pretty perfect until that Derek carr uh auto pick messed me up because i was in really good position to triple stack with one of either Dwayne Haskins or Tyrod Taylor slash Justin Herbert to pair with McLaurin or Mm Keenan Allen, who were my wide receivers two and three respectively. Um, I still did manage to get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Jay Sternberger as one stack. And I also have Baker Mayfield to Jarvis Landry and Kareem Hunt as a secondary stack. Love both of those stacks. Wish I could have gotten that third stack off, um, especially because I could have easily just drafted Haskins where I took Carr and had that stack with McLaurin because Haskins was still on the board, but overall, I mean, my team is really solid. The wide receivers, Adams, McLaurin, Allen, 
Landry, Kirk, Mecole Hardman, Preston Williams, like super solid wide receivers. Running backs are a little bit shakier. Todd Gurley's my one. Hunt is my two. And then I just took a bunch of guys late, you know, just hoping to sort of pop off, um, whether it's via injury or, you know, players getting out with COVID, whatever it is, you know, Zach Moss, Naheem Hines, um, Jarek McKinnon, Rashad Penny late, like it's, it's fine. The running backs, that's kind of how I look to target these because, you know, thinking about it, like from a DFS perspective, you know, there's times where you could see McKinnon or Penny being absolute plug and play 80% owned in cash type plays. If the guys in front of them go down, obviously you won't know that ahead of time in best ball, but getting them late, I think, you know, opens you up to some really solid weeks, especially if the rest of your roster is good. My tight ends are fine. I have Kelsey and Sternberger. I ended up drafting a third tight end with my last pick, uh, Josh Oliver, just because I like him. We've talked about him on this podcast. I I would have been fine not doing that. I was going to take Justin Herbert as my QB (laughs) four, just to stack with Keenan Allen. And this dude drafts Justin Herbert ahead of me. Like, what are you doing? Like, but it's fine. I didn't even look at his team. Maybe he had Mike Williams. Maybe it's fine. But this this draft was so good to start, and then it just got more and more tilting uh, the longer it went on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was tilted after you know the sixth round with the Matt Ryan fiasco. So yeah, that kind kind of tilted me for the rest of the draft, but. I feel like we have two of the best teams in the league. I mean, my wide receivers are are really strong as well with Julio Ridley, Cup, Robert Woods, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. Like, that's a crazy top six for me. Yeah. But yeah, all in all, we had a pretty good draft, each of us. I mean, there were some interesting picks that we can talk about real quick. I mean, Hunter Renfro, you just can't pass up the opportunity to draft him in the 10th <laughs> round. As your as your Wide receiver three can't pass it up. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he knows something that we don't. Maybe like Tyrell Williams has COVID and, and Brian Edwards is about to get suspended. And this guy just like knows. Nostradamus. Maybe All it's right. Gruden. <laughs> Alan Lazard in the 12th round. How do you feel about that? He would have went well with your Packers stack late. Yeah, I would have been happy to take him a good five rounds later. But um, yeah, going to pick like 120 or whatever, 130, whatever it was. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm fine. I like Alan Lazard a lot. He's one of my favorite guys to target, but just not that early. That's crazy. This draft was was funny. That if, if I had to give this draft one word, it would just be funny. It uh, was funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. That, I mean, it was crazy. DraftKings, if they can improve their UI to be you know, slightly better than the garbage that it is right now, then I could definitely see myself doing more, you know, best ball drafts on their platform, because I think that clearly being the biggest, you know, brand that's offering tournaments like this right now, they have the widest appeal and, you know, you're going to attract more casual players. I think that that was evident. Like we saw a lot of casual type picks in this thing, picks that like you wouldn't see on drafters, which I think is more niche and the competition's a little bit tougher. So I could definitely see myself getting into these drafts. I think that the, this draft was like soft in general, but it's just they need to improve the UI to make it to make it functional. Like, for example, when I'm talking about this softness, I already max entered the uh, the $3, which is a 20 entry max, and I'm doing all slow drafts. So I'm already max entered in that. I saw Lamar Jackson go with the second pick in one of these things 
Like, I don't know. There's a lot of there, there's casuals in this DraftKings lobby. That's all I'm. Oh, say. yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, you hit it, hit the nail on the head with drafters being, you know, a more niche audience uh, or, or customer base, I should say, because, you know, if we go into a drafters lobby right now, there's a good chance that, that we'll see some guys. Uh, in the fantasy industry, in those lobbies, in that best ball championship, whereas all of these uh, players that we were in this draft with, you know, are just straight casuals. They're 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 probably first time best ball players who don't even know what the format is. They just see a million dollars and they're like, oh, 20 bucks. You know, maybe I could win a million. Get lucky. Yeah, that that's who we were drafting with. Um, so there's there's definitely an edge, especially right now in in those drafts, and I would capitalize on that. You know, as soon as possible, if you're listening to this, no doubt about it. And you know, just one last note about this terrible UI that that uh, DraftKings <laughs> has. Like, you can't even go back and look at the draft board. Yeah, you can look that's... at your individual rosters, but like, you know, I would love to go and look at it like we did when we did a similar podcast talking about uh, some teams that we did on Yahoo, um, some teams that we did on drafters. Uh, we did an episode on and we like went back and looked at how many teams stacked and stuff like that. But it's like so difficult to do on this that you can't even really go back and look at, at stuff like that. So it's just it's just disappointing, but it's not meant for content creators at this point in time. It's Which it, is like, unfortunate. Yeah. It, it's just meant to, you know, just hop in the draft, pick your team, you know, review it and be done. You know, it's not meant for, you know, analyzation and, and looking at the history and and uh, looking at the picks and seeing what guys went where and all, all of that. It's not meant for that right now, which is disappointing. It is. It is. But um, maybe DraftKings will hear this especially when I at them in this clip tomorrow <laughs> and, and and hit up DK assist and tell them to, to be better. Hopefully they'll see it then. And maybe uh, next week we'll be able to talk about how they improved it, hopefully. But I, I don't really have anything else to talk about in terms of this episode. Is there anything you want to touch on before we get out of here? I think we hit on everything. I mean, they, they can potentially have, you know, the best best ball product out there if they just make some changes to their app and, into the drafting and all of that so i mean hopefully DraftKings listens to our clip that we're going to tag them in and and they make the necessary changes because they they could be the market leader you know come football season so uh hopefully we'll have nicer things to say about them next week because they got on it and, and fixed it quickly hopefully <laughs> um yeah so make sure you look out for our next podcast a week from today on Thursday, uh, we'll be back then. And thank you guys for listening. Like Joey said at the top of the show, you can support the podcast by following us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and find the podcast on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, wherever else you get your podcasts, as well as our personal Twitters. I am at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Joey, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Carrion DFS. All right, guys, we will talk to you next week.